Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to New Idea Royals, the only podcast that reveals what really happens inside the palace. And joining us today is royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard, and I'm Rebecca Hyde. Hi, Ange. Hello, Beck. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, Ange, Meghan's dad, Thomas, has spoken out again, and this time he's been more strident than ever. So what has he said this time? Another year, another year where we don't have uh, Thomas Markle being quiet. Oh, look, he's at it again. He's kicked off the year straight away by saying that Harry is arrogant and needs to man up. Wow. Look, I think anyone that um, offers this man a, a microphone, he seems to speak into it, doesn't he? He can't. He Take really can't speak. Yeah. <laughs> and the sad thing is that I think if he showed some dignity and didn't speak, he's got a greater chance of actually yes. achieving what he wants to achieve, which is that he wants to have some part in Meghan's life and, of course, more. in her forthcoming baby's life. What he said this one is that this time is that if they don't speak to him, and he, he criticises Harry and Meghan of being arrogant and, and that sort of thing, that if they don't speak to him, that he's actually going to speak up even more, which is going to be problematic. In fact, his quote was, I'll keep talking and I'll probably get louder. Meghan and Harry's silence empowers all the crazy tweets and insults against me and my family. So not only is he playing victim, but he's also stating that he's going to be a more of a thorn in their side. Look, I've said this before, I think Megan's smartest move would be to actually meet with her father have that meeting, she would be seen then to be extending an olive branch. If he then goes and reports on that meeting, then the public are quite, and her herself, quite within her rights to then really finally stop all contact with him. And I think that the public would actually feel very sorry for her in that instance. You know, they want to think of a happy family, but really if she's working with a a pile of nut jobs, we know Samantha is just an attention-seeking hanger-on who actually changed her name to Markle after Megan got engaged to have. Yes, she wasn't even using that name. So, um, so look, I think I think that's Megan's best um, option. The fact that she's not doing that, I think, speaks volumes about how she really does feel about her family and how she wants to separate from them. But Kensington Palace has a lot more experience than she does in this regard. You know, uh, in terms of. Tricky relatives, dirty washing, that sort of thing. And I think they would be advising her to to try and extend an olive branch to him. But whether she does that, we know she's a 37-year-old woman. She's not going to be bossed around by courtiers, even if in this case I suspect they would know best. Yes, they've had a lot of experience of that. Um, Ange, before Christmas there was lots of rumours about the deteriorating relationship between the Cambridges and the Sussexes. So where are they at now? Well, we saw them step out together, obviously, on Christmas Day. And have you ever seen a more staged managed Christmas oh, ever. No, no. <laughs> I mean, right down to the colours. We were both in regal burgundy and regal navy blue. I mean, it was like the, they'd gone th- through the jewel colours. They had clearly, though, you know, so they were true. right next to each other. William and Harry on either side, Prince Charles in front of them, all very jolly. 
I mean, it it came out of PR 101 yes, and, and really as it did. should have. They needed yes. to do that. Yes. Now, I don't think the fact that it even, you know, that it looks like that, you know, they're back on speaking terms. I suspect that they are. I, I, I actually I think so. Catherine, yeah. and we've, we've had insiders talking about this, is that Catherine very much wants the Queen to be happy. She knows the work that this woman has done over the years and she really wants um, the, her husband's grandmother to be very happy about how things are going to pan out with the royal family. I mean, the, the reality is that we could lose the Queen at any time. Now, when that happens... I think most people would like to think that there's a fairly harmonious family working yes. there. So I think Catherine, of anyone, would um, be welcoming, would be wanting to repair any sort of niggles that have occurred. Certainly that walkabout um, before the church suggested that the two of them are getting on fine and they were sending that message. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. We know that they set up the charity um, Heads Together, uh, that they work together on that. If we don't see some uh, coming together in that format, I think it indicates very much that there has been a falling out. I'd like to see that they get together and that they do things as a foursome. Not all the time, obviously. They have their different portfolios and their different patronages. But I think it's really important to show some solidarity there and to sort of head off those messages of unrest at the same time, recognising that they are very, very different women. You've got Kate, who's bred for royalty, basically. I mean, she, we, you know, in, in, in English terms, she is a commoner, but she could not be a more perfect wife for the heir to the throne. Meghan, obviously, is a very established working woman. She has uh, run her own life. She's effectively an only child. She grew up as a uh, – her, her step-siblings were considerably older than her. Um, she hasn't had that uh, – quite the functioning family that, that Kate has had um, – uh, but nevertheless, she's worked. She's an independent woman. She's had causes and concerns true to her heart well before she met the royals. So we have to expect that there is some differentiation between these two sides of the family. As for the um, speculation that William and Harry have fallen out, look, William probably did need to say to Harry, "Are you sure? Are, are you sure about this woman? They hadn't been known each hadn't known each other particularly long. It's a reasonable thing. He has a closer relationship to Harry than Prince Charles does. He was the person that is in charge of of the royal family going forward and being in, in a cohesive unit. It's a fine thing for him to say. It's a yes, reasonable thing to say. Would. Exactly. The fact that Harry probably has taken a little bit of uh, issue with this is natural too for a younger son. These are all normal things yeah, that need to play out. out. And life. it's just that their family obviously ha- plays out in front of the world. So I hope we see more harmony in 2019. Whether that's the case, I don't know. <laughs> we will see. And Meghan and Harry's first engagement of the year has been announced. Um, so what are they going to be getting up to? Mm. So next week, um, they're going to be in Merseyside in uh, north of England. They're going there to uh, unveil a sculpture to commemorate the 100 years since the death of the poet Wilfred Owen, beautiful poet. And then, of course, they've got Megan's arm of it, her, her work with women. They're going to visit tomorrow's Women Wirral, which supports women upon their release from prison. And um, this charity works with providing mental health support, uh, career support, uh, domestic abuse information, that sort of thing, to these women. Uh, so this is a uh, charity the like of which they visited in New Zealand when they were over here for the tour. So so oh, women and their yeah. rehabilitation from prison is obviously very important. I think it's probably Megan driving this one, that mm-hmm. this is an area that she was particularly interested yeah. in New Great. Zealand. And, of course, the New Zealand government, instead of giving them a wedding gift, actually made a donation to that particular charity oh, on behalf right? of oh, them okay. in, in, in New Zealand. So I think that's something that she was alerted to and became aware of when she was uh, in the Antipodes, and it's clearly something that she 
she's taken an interest back into the UK. And the Queen has given Meghan a special role. So what exactly is it? Well, it hasn't been quite confirmed yet, but the, the thought is this, that Queen is going to be handing over some of her patronages and she's got you know hundreds of them that, that she's in charge of a, a lot of charities and she is being touted to pass on patron of the National Theatre to Meghan. Now, Meghan met with the um, head of the National Theatre in the UK in December, which is why people are suggesting that this may be hers. And of course, it fits oh, perfectly yes, with her perfect fit, work as an course, actress yeah. and work in Saints. They had gone to see um, Hamilton, the musical, um, sorry, in Suits, wasn't it? Gosh, we're forgetting her <laughs> career already, aren't we? It's her work in Suits. Um, it, it fits perfectly with her her knowledge base and her skill set. And, and obviously, you know, they, they've done a lot in terms of their touring particularly in this part of the world, but also back home in the UK with the creative arts. So this would be a natural fit, but it remains to be seen with it, whether this will happen. It's an indication by the Queen that she has enormous faith in Meghan to be, you know, she's very, very proud of her her charities and the organisations that she represents, but very much a, uh, she now has all these younger members of the royal family. It is time. She's more than just a figurehead because you do have to go to the meetings, you have to go to the events. It's it's like each t- one of these she has multiple engagements for so, you know to slow down she's so much going that to we don't to, see. Yes, exactly. Mm. And one fashion website has calculated how much the royals spent on clothes in 2018. Can you run us through this? I'm very intrigued about this. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I was amazed how much they spend actually. So a, a website called um, UFO unidentified fashion objects which is really quite a clever website it, it identifies clothes women are wearing and um, their designers and the cost of them and that sort of thing. So Meghan was the highest of oh, all the royals. She wow. can, and this is excluding her Givenchy wedding dress. So she spent the most, and this is in Australian dollars, of 725000 oh on her clothes. Gosh, um, that's And crazy. you would think that it would be the Duchess of Cambridge next, wouldn't you? But it wasn't. The next person was Princess Mary oh. of Denmark, um, our own. Um, but she had a number of inv- events last year. She had yes. Frederick's 50th, obviously. She's very hardworking. And I think this list reflects that because um, the Duchess of Cambridge, Catherine, only spent $121,000 in Australian okay. um, money. So Megan actually spent six times more than Kate. But then if you remember, <laughs> Kate had six months off after the birth of Prince yes, Louis on maternity leave. Yeah. So didn't quite need the number of frocks. <laughs> we also know that she is a tremendous recycler and um, something that Megan's starting to learn from uh, a little. And um, But interestingly, number three was the Countess of Wessex. That's oh, okay. um, Sophie, the wife of Prince Edward. And we don't see a lot of her, no. although I suspect she does a lot more behind the scenes yes. than, than we see. Um, she's royal. Mm. So she was number three and then Catherine at number four. And a new documentary has revealed Harry made a promise to the Queen that changed his life. What was that, Ange? Yeah, this was a really interesting story. I, I hadn't been aware of this conversation between um, Harry and his grandmother. What had happened, um, this, there's been a new sort of um, television biography and in it it was revealed that, that when Harry had sort of gone off the, the rails, there'd been a lot of question about whether he should abandon his royal title and duties and that may have just been media speculation. But the Queen at the time was very patient with him and she just apparently forgave him. And during that time they spoke about it and he promised his grandmother that he'd change his rambunctious ways, um, that he wasn't going to uh, forsake his title, um, that he would grow up and settle down. And apparently what happened was that he said, you know, I, it will happen, I, you know, I will come good. 
And obviously, of course, he has now married the love of his life and he has his first child on the way. But um, the, the commentators on this programme were also saying that this has actually been the making of him, the fact that the Queen, that they had this promise between them that he would take on those duties and he would be a responsible member of the uh, royal family and, and her faith in him to do that had really changed his life. We know, obviously, that he had those very difficult years with mental health issues where he, you know, after the death of his mother, he said he didn't really speak about it at all and that he suffered enormously and then he sought counselling help and um, obviously has done a lot of work with um, his own mental health char- charity along with William and Kate. Um, oh, it's really interesting to think how much he's grown really? in those years. He's turned his life mm. around. It's he very has. impressive. Yeah. And meanwhile, Kate apparently has plans to extend her royal role now she's off maternity leave. What can you tell us about this? Kate had a meeting with the Queen in December uh, and apparently among the things discussed was, was her role going forward. Obviously, she spent most of last year taking a maternity leave to look after and raise Prince Louis and, of course, her other children. She wants more responsibility. She also wanted to heal this rift with Meghan, but she's also very careful about not stepping on anyone's toes. I think you can safely assume that while Kate wants to be a dutiful and useful member of the royal family, she's not angling for her late mother-in-law's Queen of Hearts uh, title that she wants to do it very carefully. One of her areas that she's particularly interested in is early childhood uh, education and well-being. And a lot of the people that she's already worked with in this realm have talked about how she really genuinely has a very good understanding of those issues and those situations and that she can really learn her, her voice to that. The Queen actually gave her the Royal Family Order, which is a, a sort of brooch, I think, that she wears at banquets and that sort of thing. But it's a recognition of the work that she has done for the Royal Family. But there's a lot of speculation that she will do a lot more work with early childhood and children in need oh, okay. and children in poverty. Sense, yeah. She is obviously a natural mother in the way that we saw with Princess Diana and that fits perfectly with her role. She's learning more herself uh, as a mother. She was well-parented herself, whereas Meghan is is much more interested in women internationally and women's rights, I think. There has to be um, some distinction between the work that Meghan does and the work that Kate does, and I think this fits perfectly for the yeah. role that Kate would have going forward. Um, we, you know, we know that children in poverty and children who don't have access to education have far worse outcomes than children that do. So, for her to get behind that, that you know, she's she's become stronger in speaking out. She's much more poised than we saw her at the at the beginning of the time that she um, married Prince William. She's obviously um, learned a lot about parenting herself as a mother. She's got three children. She's got plenty of hands-on expertise in this in this area. And I think we'll see throughout the course of 2019 her really coming into her own. I think she'll also, I mean, she very takes very seriously her role of supporting William. And we've heard before that there's not a tremendous numbers of staff that, that typically there would be people to do things for William that Kate actually wants to do for him herself. Yeah. So she's very supportive while she's very focused on keeping the family close together. She also loves the time they spend in the country. She keeps wanting them to go up to Anne Hall in Norfolk. I think, you know, and if she had her dream come true, they would all live up there yes. and they wouldn't actually have to be in Definitely London. But of course, for William's duties and their increasing role within the royal family, that's not possible, but they spend as much time as possible there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with her this year. Yes, definitely. And there's another queen in waiting, upping her royal duties. Can you tell us a little bit about her? So our own Princess Mary of Denmark. Um, queen Marguerite is now 79. She's been in a little bit of poor health. Uh, she's a chain smoker and she's had a bad back and obviously her husband died last year. Now Mary, of course, is married to Frederick, who's the heir to the Danish throne. 
Queen Marguerite has enormous uh, confidence in Mary. And I think this showcased last year at Frederick's birthday, his 50th birthday, the Queen gave a very short speech comparatively. And then Princess Mary went on to speak for a full 15 minutes in wow. fluent Danish. It was the most <laughs> extraordinary thing to watch, even watching it with a transcript beneath it in the words in English. She was funny. She was poised. Her timing it was, was so excellent. Impressive, yeah. It was Absolutely knock it out of the park, wasn't she? And remember, this is a woman who's raised four children. Frederick uh, apparently is perhaps not as suited to royal duties, we've heard, as, as Mary is, that he's quite shy. He, he's not as collegial as she is, but she's really wants to take on some of these roles. But again, as with Kate and the Queen, it has to be done very carefully. There's been no history of abdication in the Danish royal family. The longest serving monarch lasted for 91 years, and obviously Queen Margaret has got a a few years to go on that. But again, like the Queen, she will be putting aside some of her duties and passing those on to the younger generations. Also, Frederick's first younger brother, he separated from his first wife and she had some royal duties which have now been passed on to, to Mary as well. So I think it's extraordinary when you think of how far she has come, uh, that she's raised this beautiful family. They seem like they have a really good life together. They have do enormous numbers of physical pursuits. You know, they're yachting and they're cycling and she's embraced the Danish way of life and and the Queen Margaretha has enormous confidence in her daughter-in-law it bodes very well for the future of that family too so these outstanding women young women <laughs> and their you know mothers in the prime of their life are, are really transforming these these old traditional families and bringing freshness to them and yet in a lovely way still recognising the sort of uh, pillars of the monarchy that need to need to continue. And it's wonderful to watch. And thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. The Royals are certainly a fascinating bunch and thanks everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au and our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, please check out the latest Royal Mini Mag in the current issue of New Idea. 